have been talking over the last few weeks about the this person, this wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. And our title of our session has been Holy Spirit Fact versus Fiction. And we want to continue our conversation. And um, in doing that, I'm just bringing up uh, the PowerPoint here. Um, you know, we're going to do something tonight. There's a lot of different ways you can study scripture. One of the ways you can do that is just kind of going verse by verse. And since we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, um, Paul spends a lot of time, um, three full chapters really, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, spending time talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to begin examining some of that tonight, because last week we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we started mentioning some of the gifts. Um, and just to kind of recap a little bit of what we talked about last week, we talked about three things. If, if Just to refresh the memory bank, we talked about the rule of giftings, which is basically not being coming puffed up, not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to because you have a gift. Remember, it's a gift. It's something that God has given you. It's not something that you created on your own. So if something has been given to you freely, there's no need to boast or exalt yourself in it. The second is the purpose of giftings, and that's to help each other. We'll look at that again in 1 Corinthians 12 tonight. And then there's the misunderstanding of giftings. And if you remember, we looked at the, the Corinthian church, which was extremely gifted, yet they were carnal and worldly. And and Paul looked at them as infants, that he couldn't even give them more uh, spiritual food. He had to give them spiritual milk because they were immature as believers, yet they were gifted. And one of the big misunderstandings of gifting is, is that we equate gifting with maturity, and meaning spiritual maturity, and the two don't necessarily equate with each other, okay? So that was kind of what we talked about last week. We are going to have some uh, conversation later. Um, we also began looking at the motivational gifts, and this comes out of Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to, through 8. Um, it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So we identified these last week as the motivational gifts. And these are coming out of Romans chapter 12. So let's just kind of identify what these are because uh, I said I would do that, and I just want to clarify what these are. So to prophesy in Scripture can mean two things. Um, it can mean to speak something or foretell something that will happen in the future. To prophesy also can to declare something in the name of the Lord or to bring forth a word or revelation that God has given you to speak forth on behalf of the Lord. So so that's what, to, what it means to prophesy. It doesn't necessarily always mean something that is prophetic meaning foretelling of the future, 
but it can be prophetic in a sense that is, it is a word coming from God spoken to a specific person or individual or group of people. To serve, obviously we know what that is, that's just serving others. And, and again, this is a gift of serving. There are some people that just, as you see them in your church, as you see them in your, around you, that have a ministry or gift of serving. I can think of a few people uh, that my wife and I know that I would honestly say, yes, this person has the gift of serving because the way they, they, they are always pouring out their heart to serve or help somebody else, um, that there's that gift. And these are gifts, again, that are motivational, but they're supernatural because they're coming from the Holy Spirit. There's the gift of teaching, where you have the ability to take the truth of God's word and make it edible. I'll use that word, edible, for the listener to partake of it and, um, and digest it and then apply it to their life. So, so there is a gift, a supernatural gift that God gives to help to, to teachers. There are some people that are just fantastic teachers of God's word, and they take the truth of it and they break it down. Um, and again, I know people that I could mention. Uh, one of those, I would say, one of the greatest teachers that I've discovered recently is, is, is Pastor Rick Renner. If you haven't listened to him, I encourage you to go listen to him. Um, just able to take God's word, break it down, and, and allow you to digest it and apply it to your life. Then there's a the gift of encouragement. These are people, again, it's a supernatural gift. These are people that have the ability to help others continue on in their journey. They are always lifting you up. Um, They're always uh, giving you, a, a, I mean, I hate to use the same word, but a word of encouragement that keeps you going as you are walking in this journey. As you know, in this journey, it's not always easy. It's not going to be, every day is not going to be uh, uh, sunshine and roses. Uh, there are some lemons in this, in this journey too. Uh, God has an ability to take that and make it good though. But there are some challenging points you're going to reach in your life. And you need people around you that are always encouraging, always lifting you up, always letting you, reminding you of God's goodness, always letting you know that, yes, you are going to make it. Yes, God is with you. Yes, God is not forsaking you. Those, those types of people. And it's a gift, again, a supernatural gift. And then there's the gift of giving. Yes, giving is a gift. It's supernatural that there are people out there that just know or have a heart to always be giving, um, always to be uh, giving. And, and giving can be a lot of different things. It can be not just, just money, but it can be giving in time, um, giving in resources, giving of themselves, all right? So this is a supernatural gift of giving to help others or help the body of Christ. And then here's another one, the gift of leadership. Um, the church, by the way, folks, we need leaders in the church. And there are people that God has gifted with the ability to lead. Um, here's what I would say. Everyone is not cut out for leadership. Um, and part of the reason why is because leadership is not easy. There are hard questions sometimes that you have to answer. There are personalities that you have to deal with. There are tough decisions and calls that you have to make. And so God has gifted some people with the ability to lead. Um, and if God has gifted you with that ability, 
don't slack from it. If, in fact, if God has gifted you with any of these, use them to the best of your ability. In fact, that's what Paul kind of encourages us to do in Romans 12. Um, if you have any of these gifts, exercise them, use them, develop them to the best of your ability for the glory of God and the edifying and building up of the church, okay? And then there's a gift of mercy or showing kindness to others. Um, where here you are always, again, just, just looking at people. I, I, I think mercy sees people through God's eyes, where um, when, regardless of what they do, as you look at them, you see them through God's eyes. So people that make mistakes, you're not the, the, the quick one to judge them, but you're the quick one to lift them up, okay? And so these are all the motivational gifts, and all of these gifts, folks, are in operation in the church today. I fully believe that. I'm sure as we're looking at and thinking about these gifts, guess what? You could probably pinpoint or identify people that you know that, um, that have some of these gifts. And as I look at each one of these, I can, I can give names, but I'm not going to, but I could name people that I think in my life that I've, that's come across my life that I could say, hey, you know what? These people exercise these gifts, okay? So these are the motivational gifts. Um, last week, we talked about um, baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit. There's no real controversy with the motivational gifts. Um, people will acknowledge that these exist, and you're not going to have any kind of issue with that. However, these are only one set of gifts. There's more to come, and we want to spend some time moving and talking about what are known as the sign gifts. And we're going to do that by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the reason why we're going there is because Paul really um, kind of dives into this topic the best in, in chapter 12. And I think the best thing to do is kind of allow scripture to, to order our steps here. And remember, as we've been doing this series, there have been two key scriptures. One of those is uh, coming out of Acts where the Bereans were diligent and they searched the scriptures day after day to see if what Paul and Silas were teaching them were true. And then 1 John 4, 1, um, Brothers, do not believe everyone who claims that they are speaking by the Spirit, um, but test the spirits to see if, are, if they are of God. So as we look at the gifts, let's dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I don't know if I'm going to get through this whole chapter because I want to spend a few minutes at the end just having a conversation about some of the things we talked about last week. But let's start. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it says here, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities, that's the gifts the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So let's, let's just stop there for a minute. It, it appears that in, the, in Paul's letter that the Corinthian church had issues or questions or weren't sure about some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these are what are called the sign gifts, by the way, um, that were being exercised or displayed in the church. There was some misunderstanding. Uh, maybe they had asked him a question because of the language that he's using regarding your question as if it's a response to something that they had asked him. And he says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So, so he says that there. 
And, and that's kind of what I want to say to you is about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to misunderstand this. I don't want you to be ignorant of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want to understand what they are, how they operate, and how they should operate in the body of Christ, in the local church, in the individual. We want to be clear of this. We want not to misunderstand this. So we are going on this journey as if we are the in Corinth reading through this. That's kind of what we're doing here. Verse number two, it says, you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know, let me stop there for a second. One of the things I think that was happening, and I mentioned this last week about people oftentimes don't have an issue with the use of gifts, but they have an issue with the abuse of gifts. And it seems like possibly in the church, in the Corinthian church, that the spiritual gifts, though they were in operation and in use, they were also being abused. Okay, so Paul here begins to lay down some fundamental principles about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, in verse 2, it's very interesting. He says, because you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. And one of the things that, that I think it's, it's interesting here is that sometimes when people exercise uh, the gifts, it can cause people to move or sway in one direction or another. And that's why it's so important, I believe, to make sure that we are operating in them properly because you have a lot of influence. You can move people in a certain direction. Why? Because that goes to the misunderstanding of giftings. If someone appears to be gifted in the Holy Spirit, then that person has a greater, we automatically sometimes give that person a lot more influence in our life than maybe we should. I'm not saying we shouldn't give them any influence, but sometimes we do. That's a misunderstanding. Someone displays a gift and all of a sudden, we, 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 whatever they say, we'll just take it as truth and run with it. And so we have to be careful about stuff like that. So here's what he says, verse three. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He was trying to clear up confusion because, again, remember, they were led astray before. He needed to understand that when someone is speaking by the Spirit of God, then they will declare that Jesus is Lord. And if someone is speaking by the Spirit of God, they cannot curse Jesus. So he's laying down some parameters of how we know when the Holy Spirit is in operation. If remember, we talked about that when we talked about how to test the spirits. That was one of the the test. We call that the Jesus test, okay? Now, let's move forward to verse number four. He says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And I want you to notice something here. And this is a very important point when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. First of all, we need to recognize that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. We just looked at some that were the motivational gifts. We're about to look at the sign gifts in just a moment here. But I want you to notice three things that are said here. There is one source of gifts, right? It says by the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. 
And then God works in different ways, but it is the same God. By the way, who do we see? We see the Spirit of God, the Lord, which is rep representing Jesus Christ, and then God the Father working. So there's one source of gifts, there's one object of service, and there's one God who does the work. What am I saying here? We all have different gifts, but when the Spirit of God is operating properly, then the gifts work in unison together, right? Because there's one Spirit, one Lord, one God. In the same way, there are different gifts, but there's only one Spirit, one Lord, and one God. You see, so it's different gifts, different kinds of service, God working in different ways, yet when it all works together and it's motivated by the Spirit of God, it works together in unity and it works together in harmony. And I think that is so important. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. What I find fascinating is in the, in the Corinthian church, there was division in the church. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about how, uh, that's what he says, I wish that I could uh, uh, speak to you as, 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 um, as mature, but I have to speak to you as carnal. Why? Because you are divided. When one person says, I follow Paul, and I follow Apollos, and I follow this one, aren't you acting just like the world? You see, what's fascinating is that one of the characteristics of a carnal believer is, or immature believer, is that there is division amongst the body of Christ. If you walk into a church that is divided, you are looking at an immature body. You're looking at immature people and they are acting like the world. And if you don't believe that, look at the condition of our world today and how divided we are in so many different areas. That is a sign, that is not a sign of the unity of the Holy Spirit or the unity that, that we find in God, that is a sign of carnal thinking or worldly thinking when one person says, my opinion matters more than yours. My, the way I think about it is better than the way you think about it, and if you don't like the way I think about it, then get away from me, I don't wanna be bothered with you. That is the way the world operates, and that is how, what was going on in the Corinthian church. But when the Spirit of God is at work, and the gifts of the Spirit are flowing, what should be happening is unity and oneness and harmony. That is evidence, folks, of the Spirit of God at work. Everyone working together to achieve this one um, the common goal. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. Different gifts, yes, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service, yes, but we're serving the same Lord, we're all serving where we're supposed to be serving Jesus and God working in different ways, but the same God doing all the different work. So in other words, if we see God doing something different over here, we shouldn't necessarily reject it, but we should celebrate it because it's the same God who's doing the same work in all of us. It may look a little bit different over here, but it's the same God, okay? So what happens is again, so we need to make sure when the gifts of the Spirit are flowing, and moving, then there is unity and there's harmony. And if there's division, then that's not the work of the Holy Spirit, okay? So we need to understand that. All right, let's go forward. So verse number seven says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can do what? So we 
can help each other. That goes back to what we talked about last week. We said the purpose of giftings is so that we can help each other. The whole point why the Holy Spirit poured out these gifts on the church is so that we, the church, can bless each other, encourage each other, build each other up. That is the purpose of the giftings. Now, let's read verse 8. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we'll come back and, 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 and dissect it a little bit more. It says, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to, to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or tongues. That's uh, uh, use there. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now look at verse 11 very carefully. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Very, very important. Um, first thing first, I believe that every person, God gifts them with something, okay? Um, and it's the Spirit of God that decides which gift. And I think that's why verse 11 is so important. And when we look at verse 12, you'll, you'll, it'll make even more sense. But um, it is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone, it's his choice, decides who gets what, okay? Who gets each gift. Now, let's explain the gifts. And by the way, because he's the one who is deciding on the gift, that's why we can't really boast in the gift that we get, all right? Or whatever gift God gives us. Now, Let's look at these gifts and let's kind of break them apart. I, I kind of put them on the screen here and we'll just talk a little bit about each one so you just understand what they are. And again, these are what are called the sign gifts. And the first one is what's called the word of wisdom. Just so you understand what wisdom is. Wisdom is simply, as a definition, the practical application of knowledge, all right? So wisdom is not knowledge. Sometimes people confuse those two. What wisdom is, is when you are able to apply knowledge um, practically to a situation to give someone advice that transforms or helps their situation, okay? So this is supernatural wisdom that God would give you to help uh, someone in a particular situation, okay? That's what a word of wisdom is or special wisdom or message of advice. Word of knowledge is when God gives you uh, specific information, if you will, or knowledge, which is understanding of a person or information about a person that there's no way that person ever told that to you. And um, so that's what a word of knowledge is. So maybe you are praying for someone and God puts in your heart that this person is going through a very specific thing. And you, and you look at the person and you say, hey, you know what, I feel in my heart that this is what's going on in your life. That is what be, would be considered a word of knowledge, okay? Now remember, the purpose of the gifting is to, to help each other, not to hurt each other, um, not to abuse. And I, and I wanna give you an example of abuse just so you understand where I'm coming from. Um, I went to a church one time and I'll leave the name of the church out, but the guy professed to be 
a prophet. Um, this, this is what he said. And uh, so during his message, now remember, we said the, the purpose of the gifts are to do what? So that we can help each other. That's the purpose of the giftings, right? So the guy said, I believe that there are 10 people in, this, in the church now, this is an abuse of the gifts, who should sow $1,000 into this ministry. This is what he said. Now, how is that blessing everybody or helping each other? I'm not sure, but that's what he said. Um, and then if he said, if that is you, I need you to stand up. And when he said that, only about three people stood up. So he said, I know there's more people in here. And this is, and he said, when the other people weren't standing up, he said these words, I quote, don't let me get a word of knowledge and call you out. Okay. Now remember, what is the purpose of the gift? That we can help each other. That is an abuse of the gift. You are using the word of knowledge or the, the supposed, I'll call that the supposed word of knowledge, not to help each other, but to help yourself. That, folks, is an abuse of the gift. That is not the reason or the way God designed the gift to be used, okay? So, so these are the types of things I want you to be, be mindful of and be careful of. And I believe that it's these types of things that cause people to run away from the charismatic people because sometimes they just think we are crazy, all right? And a lot of times we give them a lot of reason to believe that because of some of the things that we do that don't always line up with what's written within scripture. And then we blame it on the Holy Spirit, okay? All right, so let's keep going here. Um, great faith, that is not just faith, but that is supernatural faith to believe God for great things, all right? Supernatural faith that goes beyond, um, you know, the little grain of mustard seed faith that sometimes I have, <laughs> but this is tremendous faith that believes God for awesome things, great faith, okay? Then there's healing, where God will give someone the ability to heal, all right? And remember, these gifts are coming from who? From the Holy Spirit, all right? Then they're the gift to perform miracles. Now, I will be honest with you. Um, I have not seen in my life um, a miracle to the point where, let's say, like we've seen the scripture where, where a, 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 someone who was paralyzed got up and walked. I've never seen that before. Um, someone who was blind had their eyes open. I've never seen that before. Doesn't mean that God doesn't do it. It just means that I haven't seen that before, okay? So um, I haven't seen a lot of miracles in my life. But guess what? If you see them all the time, then it wouldn't really wouldn't be miracles as much, right? But, um, and I'm not saying God doesn't do miracles because he absolutely does. I'm just saying I haven't seen them. Um, I don't know what your experience is. Maybe you have, and that's fine, okay? But that's what miracles are. The ability to um, do supernatural things under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, designed to do what? To help build up each other or the body of Christ. All right, so here's the other sign gift. Prophecy, and or to prophesy, and we talked about that earlier, that is to proclaim the word of the Lord uh, to a person, to a body, 
uh, to a group, um, or it could be also to um, foretell something that may be happening going forth in the future. Then there's the gift of discernment. And I'll be honest with you, I think one of the greatest gifts that a lot of times gets overlooked is the gift of discernment. Well, you can discern what is the Spirit of God and what's not the Spirit of God. I went to a, um, a service one time, and this was a very well-known preacher at the time. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you are in charismatic circles, you have certain movements or things that happen. And so I went to check it out because I, uh, I was younger then. I was uh, in my 20s at the time. And so I just decided to go to one of these services. And when I walked into the building, I could tell but there was a spirit in the building. What I knew because of my relationship with God, that it wasn't the presence of God. And that's the thing you have to be mindful of. Now, these are people that I believe were sincere in their faith, but you could tell as soon as I walked in that this, there's something wrong in this place, okay? That was God giving me discernment. And I think discernment is, is sometimes um, overlooked as a, as a great sign gift, but I think it's just an awesome gift to have, the gift of discernment. And then there are tongues. Tongues are languages. Um, in the, when, when tongues first happened at Pentecost, uh, they were speaking the languages of the people that were listening in the area because they heard the, the uh, praises of God being declared by the people speaking in tongues, okay? So there's this gift of tongues that, that the Spirit of God gives, the ability to speak in a language that you didn't study or you didn't practice or any of that, but that as you open your mouth, as the Spirit of God falls upon you, you begin to speak in other tongues. And then there is also the interpretation of tongues, where if tongues is spoken, then what God does is he gives someone the interpretation of the tongue. And why does that happen? Let me, let me just back up for a moment. The reason why that happens, and we're going to talk about this. Um, I'm not sure if we'll get to it tonight, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, why interpretation is necessary, and Paul really addresses this in, um, in, that, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, which we will do uh, a deep dive into that whole chapter. We're going to look at the whole chapter so that we can have full clarity on this. But one of the reasons why you need interpretation of tongues is because if someone is speaking in a language that you don't know, then you can't be blessed by what they are saying. And remember, when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, especially within the body of Christ, the goal of the gifts in operation within the full body of Christ is to help and bless each other. So if you walk into a scenario, in church specifically, and the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, then they should be in operation to help the entire body of Christ. That's what they're there for, okay? So, so that's kind of the outline and the definition of the sign gifts. Um, now, I want to take a pause for just for a moment. Did we have any questions or comments coming in during, uh, while I was going through that, hon? Can the gifts be taken away? All right, so here's what I'm going to do. That's a great question, and I want to open this up. 
So I'm going to stop there. And the reason why is because I have a lot more, but we're not going to um, get through all of that. Um, and we're going to answer that question in just a moment. But here's what I want to do. I just want to reiterate a couple of things. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, uh, open up the line and have my, my friend, Pastor Michael Jakes, come on. And we're going to just have some conversation wrapped around these things. But I just want to clarify one thing, and I just want to go back. These are the gifts, but notice verse 11. I just want to highlight this, and I'll end this part on this note, then we'll open up the line. It says, it is the one and only Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who distributes the gifts. He decides which gift each person should have. So let's remember that. Um, that's a good foundation uh, for what Paul talks about next. And we're not going to get there tonight. We'll get to that in our next session. Um, but remember that point, the Spirit of God determines who gets each gift. That's why you should never boast about any gift that you have. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop the share at the moment, and uh, we're going to bring Michael here. Can you uh, bring him up there, honey, so that he can... Uh, be seen and heard, <laughs> or at least heard. I don't know if it can be seen, but at least heard. Um, uh, let's see. You bringing him up? All right. Hello. All right. There we go. How are you, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Very good. So, we want to have this continue this conversation. Um, and let's let's start by this this talking around that that question I was asked. And the question was, can you, what was it specifically? Can you, can the gifts be taken away? Um, great question. And you know what, brother? I'm going to throw that one to you uh, before I answer. Uh, so I'll throw that to you. Can the gifts be taken away? Okay, well, I believe there is no uh, scriptural uh, no scriptural indication, let me put it that way, that we can lose our gifts. Uh, a gift may, uh, a gift may, let me put it this way, I think a gift can lay dormant in an individual, uh, but I don't think it's a case of if you don't uh, use it, you will lose it. It's there. If the Holy Spirit is in you, and the same way that he gives us the gift, uh, he is the only one who would be able to uh, remove the gift. And I don't believe that he will do that. Uh, as you said earlier, the gifts can be, uh, the gifts are to be used, but they also can be abused. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't see any clear indication in scripture where they can be taken away. I could right. be wrong, but I don't see anything that says that you can lose uh, your giftings. And, and I would agree with you. And, and, and I want to um, make another point, too, because sometimes we think that only the sign gifts or the charismatic gifts get right. abused. But right. guess what, folks? People can abuse teaching. Um, and, 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 and any gift has the ability to be misused and Absolutely. abused. Um, and sometimes, and here's, here's another thing that can happen. Sometimes when we see a gift in a person, we can abuse the gift that the person has. Um, so, for example, if someone, if we know someone is a server, then and they had that gift of serving, 
then what we do is we throw every opportunity for service on that person because we know that their heart is they're never going to say no. Yes. So they may not be be abusing the gift, but we are abusing them in their exercising. Exactly right. That can happen. Yes. That can happen. And so, so it's not just the sign gifts that get abused and it's not just the people that have the gifts um, that abuse the gifts. Sometimes it's the people around the person that they will abuse the gift in that person. Um, Absolutely. And a lot of times you see that, especially in serving, um, because I know sometimes a lot of people that have the gift of serving, a lot of times they'll have a more gentle or tender heart or tender spirit. And one of the things they may struggle with is telling someone no. Um, Right. Can you do this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. But you got all this stuff on your plate. That's all right. I'll still do it anyway. Yeah. They don't know how to say no. And sometimes people who may be a little bit stronger personality may abuse that gift in a person. Absolutely. So we have to be uh, be mindful of that. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. It's in the comment in the chat. She had it or. Okay. Sure. Now, I know one of the things that we, we that was mentioned last week, we were talking about. Um, oh, she's having trouble with her mic. Okay, so tell her to type it in if possible, if she can, or because um, I want to get to her question. So one of the things we were talking about earlier or last week was um, the the use of of tongues, and we're going to get into this. Um, a little bit more as we look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I would encourage. Okay, sure. So the verse says, um, Paul says, Don't you know that you are only one gift per person? No, that's a great question. So here's the oh. question. Oh, and I, I do have one other thing um, to add to the uh, can gifts be taken away? Taken away. I'll, I'll use this as a parallel, and then we'll answer that question. Um, the greatest gift that we have is the gift of salvation. Um, yes. And we are saved by God's grace. Yes. And as, as, as we are saved by grace, that gift of salvation cannot be taken from us. Exactly. Gifts of the Holy Spirit, how do they come? They come by grace. <laughs> And so I believe in the same fashion, just like our salvation by grace cannot be taken from us, so our gifts by grace cannot be taken from us as well. Um, I do agree that they can lay dormant if we don't exercise them, but I don't think we lose the gift, Um, you know, so it's the same type of thing. Now, to the other question was... Um, Mona said that... It's there? Okay, let's see what Mona says. Mona says, I just thought about Matthew and talents that God gave, but one, okay, that God gave, but one buried it and did not use it. Okay, which is true. But guess what? The talent wasn't taken away from him. And by the way, here's the other thing too. Um, We use the word talent, but the talent was actually money. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes we, um, you know, we, 
we, we so God gave each of them money and exactly. one went out and doubled it. Two of them went out and doubled their money and one person went and buried his money and didn't earn anything on it. So, right. um, you know, so, so God gave them um, with the in, intention that they would take it and use it and multiply it and bring back what uh, more than what he had given them. And, and I think the same thing is true of us. God gives us abilities and the desires that we would, he would, that we would take the abilities that we have, use them for his purpose and produce fruit with those abilities. Now, can a person have more than one gift? The answer to the question is, yes, they can. Yes, um, they, they can. Yes, they can. Uh, in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says, um, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And we'll, we'll talk about what that means, but he's not saying that one gift is more important than another. He is saying that one gift can have more impact to the body of Christ in operation than another gift have. Um, so for example, if I'm speaking in tongues and no one can understand me, then I'm not really impacting the body. But if I can interpret what I said, that has greater impact because now people can understand what was said. All right. So I believe a person can have more than one gift, but again, it's up to the Holy Spirit to uh, determine who gets what and who gets how many uh, and so on and so forth. So yes, I believe a person can have. Yes, God. I believe that God can, uh, as the sign gifts go, God can use uh, any particular person at any given time with any one of the gifts. It, right. As the situation calls for, he can use an individual uh, to give a word of knowledge. He can use an individual to give a word of wisdom. God is the supplier of the gifts, as we've been saying. So yes, God can use any particular person at any given time if he so chooses right and remember the the goal here and remember the goal is to what to help each other yes build up the body of christ body absolutely yes right. so god may say at a specific moment um a person may he may give a specific uh, uh, can't get my words right a specific <laughs> yeah. person uh maybe the gift of tongues and interpretation because he has a message to deliver to bless the body, or like I said maybe wisdom or, or whatever, he can um, enact the gift whenever he chooses. So, Absolutely. so that's that's key. Um, yep. So one of the things too, and I want to go back to the the misunderstanding of gifts because one of the things that tends to happen quite a bit is that we tend to elevate. And, um, and Paul talks about this in, in 1 Corinthians 12, we tend to elevate the, the public giftings as if those are greater than the ones that we may not see. Um, and, and Paul talks about it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I encourage you to, to keep reading. We'll, we'll touch on it in our next session. But, but one of the other misunderstanding of giftings is that people that have outward gifts that we make the mistake of thinking that their gift is greater than people that may have more inward types of gifts. Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's another misunderstanding. So, so the person who can teach is greater than the person who can serve. And that's not really true. No. Um, or the person who can prophesy is greater than the person who gives. And that's not true either. No, no. Um, and so we have to get past this mentality 
that the people in the front of the room are greater than the people who can't, who don't operate in the front. Um, all of the gifts are of equal value and they all serve equal purpose, um, you know, because think about it, we all can't be leaders because then there'd be no followers. <laughs> Absolutely. A leader, and you know what? If everybody wants to be a leader, then you're going to have a problem. Yes. Um, you know, because you're going to have clashes of, of, of authority. Um, and then if everybody just wants to serve and nobody wants to lead, then guess what? You have a problem there too. Um, because well, you know, there are those who say, there are those who say, there are those in the body who have the uh, understanding that there is a leader in all of us. That we are all leaders. Mm -hmm. Now, I have never actually subscribed to that, to that line of thinking. Not in the way, at least, that I've heard it taught. Uh, okay. I, I don't think that everybody, as you say, is a leader. I mean, mm -hmm. it's 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 a difficult position to to be in, and everybody is not uh, cut out. Everybody's character is not to be that. So, right. Um, right. Have to be careful. Yep. I and and I agree because. Because think about it, if everybody was going to be a leader, then, then why would God give the gift of leadership? Um, exactly. Why would he single that out as a specific gift? Right. Um, if, if everybody was going to be a leader? Yes. Uh, you know, I think, I think in some ways, people can at times take the lead on something. But Absolutely. I don't believe everybody is called to be a leader. At, right. Um, Right, you know, because there are there are greater pressures, there are greater responsibilities that come with that. Um, the same way J James talks about, not everyone should be uh, anxious to be a teacher. Yes, teachers get judged more harshly. Yes, uh, they will. Yes. Guess what? Leaders carry more responsibility uh, yeah. because they have more questions to answer, more people to answer for. Yes. Um, so everyone's not cut out for that, and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Uh, you know, I know, uh, just to give, to give it a big example, another example, in the same way, there's, uh, you know, a lot of talk, people always talk about, you know, everybody should, you know, in some way be an entrepreneur. Well, guess what? Everyone can't be an entrepreneur. No. It's, <laughs> no. It's not going to happen. No. Uh, and if everyone owned their own business, then who's going to work for them? Somebody's got to work for them. Exactly. Uh, unless they're all just one-man shops, and that's not going to happen. So, so some people are cut out to be leaders. Some people are better as servers. Some people are better as encouragers. Some people are better in the front of the room. Some people are better behind the scenes. But the, the truth of the matter is they're all of equal importance. God has placed everyone in the body as he sees fit. That is correct. And, yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about, you'll see that in, in 1 Corinthians. So again, I encourage you, keep reading 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit deeper. 12, we're going to go 12, 13, and 14. We'll make our way through this. This will be our study for the rest of the, for the, probably for the rest of the year, possibly, because there's so much to unpack in that. Um, and we want you to walk away understanding who the Holy Spirit is, how he works. Um, you don't have to be afraid of the moving or working of the Holy Spirit. It's right. not weird and spooky and all that kind of nonsense that we, we try to make it. Um, you know, and, I, and I've seen people do just some weird stuff that makes, turns people off. It's yes. none of that stuff. Right. Um, and we want to we take that kind of cover off so that when you see 
the gifts of the Spirit in operation, if it's done right, it's done in unity and harmony, and it's done to build up the body of Christ, and people walk away blessed and encouraged, not shaking their heads saying, what in the world is going on here? Exactly. You know, and if we do it the right way, that will be the result. And I think God will be glorified in it and Jesus will be exalted and, and people will be encouraged and blessed. And, and then that's when we know we're doing stuff the right way. Amen. 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 Um, any other comments, Brother Jakes? Well, I made a, as you were speaking, I, I put an asterisk uh, beside uh, prophecy and discernment in the sign gifts. Okay. Uh, as far as prophecy goes, I, I, I just think that it's so necessary that we are able to, that we need to be very careful who we allow to speak into our lives. Uh, because, you know, there is so much, uh, so much uh, emphasis on prophecy nowadays. Mm. There is legitimate prophecy, but there is so much, so much prophecy uh, that is happening today that for the, for the child of God who is not, uh, learned, who is not uh, sufficiently, you know, doesn't understand scripture well, uh, they can really be pushed in a wrong direction mm -hmm. uh, as far as prophecy. Someone can speak into your life and tell you that God has told them that he wants you to do this or that. Right. And right. you, uh, and an individual can sort of make plans and turn their whole life in that direction of that particular prophecy when that individual has not spoken uh, for the Lord. Uh, mm -hmm. So we need to be very very careful and that that's where also discernment comes in hmm. uh we need to the bible says in first uh, john chapter 3 and verse 1 that many false prophets are gone out into the world right. and so we need to discern he says to test the spirits whether they be of god so it's very necessary and the only way that we can sharpen our discernment skills so to speak is to is to immerse ourselves in scripture Right. read, learn, get involved in a, in a good Bible study so that you will know and you'll be better equipped uh, right. when these things come your way. So prophecy and discernment, they're all important, but there's so much of these things going around. We really need discernment in our lives nowadays. That's correct. I totally agree. And, and I'll just give you a little rule of thumb. Um, if someone ever gives you a prophetic word, and, and here's what I believe, and, 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 and I'm not saying I'm right here, but I believe that prophetic words should always confirm something that God is speaking in your heart. Yes. And it should never be steering you in some ridiculously crazy direction that you had never, no intention of ever moving yes. in that way. Yep. Yes. Um, I think, you know, and we need to understand that we, the spirit of God dwells in our heart. Um, and so we have the ability, think about this, we can go right directly to the throne of grace. Yes, we can. God himself lives in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. Yes. So we don't have to go searching for prophetic words. And I know sometimes people do that. People do that, yes. And I think that's not a healthy way to live because now you're depending on the word of someone else instead of nurturing your own relationship with the Lord and allowing him to speak to your heart. God has the ability and he can and will lead you and direct you and speak to you and share with you and show you the way you need to go. And he uses prophetic words sometimes to confirm the things 
that he has put already in your heart. Yes. Amen. Yep. We'll do that. So, yeah, because I've I've seen some <laughs> I've seen some stuff unfortunately. Hey, I've been in services. I, I was in a service and and the the individual who said that they were going was about to, they were about to prophesy a, a word in everyone's life. Everyone got up and got online mm. to receive a prophecy from this individual. And I was already standing. I was already standing. But when this individual put their hand on me and told me what, what God told them about me, having never seen me, it, it didn't, it didn't do anything. I, I didn't, I, I guess the word that we use today is I didn't receive it. I mean, it just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even tell you what, what the person said today. I, I, you know, because it didn't resonate. It wasn't, I, I didn't, my spirit didn't sense that it was, that it was legitimate what the individual right. was talking to me. So that can happen and we shouldn't run after these things in right. that way. And, and again, uh, just to be clear, we're not saying that God doesn't use these things. Exactly. God absolutely uses these absolutely. things. Absolutely. Um, but I don't think we have to go running after them. No. Um, you know, I, I something you said earlier, I, I had a conversation with Michael earlier this week, earlier today, and he said that, you know, you were, you were sharing your experience. And one of the things you said that when you started, instead of seeking the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the speaking in tongues, you began just to seek God himself. Yes. Um, and I think it's very similar. If you just begin to seek God and draw close to him, then in due season, God will use these things to lead us and direct us if need be. Absolutely. Um, but more importantly, we can tune our ears. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. We can Amen. To, to tune our ears and tune our hearts to the voice of God so that he can lead us and direct us in the way and in the path that we should go. So, Amen. Amen. So... All right, so we're right at the top of the hour. Anything else going on out there? No? All is quiet in Bible study club world? Okay. So with that, let's, let's wrap this up in prayer. Father, I just want to say thank you for um, my brothers and sisters that join us each week here. I'm just glad that we can talk about your word. Our desire more than anything else is that we would just all draw closer to you. Yes. And the truth of your word. So help us to do that each and every day, spending time with you, spending time in your word, getting to know your voice. And yes. I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so let's do this just so in case you joined us after the beginning. Um, we will be off the next two weeks. This is it happens to be a five Thursday month. So we will take the next two Thursdays off. Um and uh, we will reconvene on November 7th, I believe. Um, and also, if you love my brother Michael, then you can catch him on the, his um, shows The Bible Speaks. And the other one is, I always forget the second one. The Bible Speaks Live on Tuesday. Bible Speaks Live on and Tuesday. The Cutting It Right Bible Study on Wednesday nights. Cutting It Right. Cutting It Right. That's right. Rightly divided. Rightly divide. That's it. That's where it comes from. Rightly divided. Sword, right. Cut it right. So uh, <laughs> that's cool. So yes. So uh, feel free to check out Brother Michael. And um, also, if you have ever have any questions about anything uh, that we've talked about or anything you've heard in going on in the world, period, I don't care what it is, and you say, hey, I heard this, 
please send us an email um, at hello at the Bible Study Club, and we will absolutely address it here. We honestly believe that the Bible has answers for every situation that is that, that we're faced with in this world. And so um, if there's something out there that's, that you find that, that troubles you or you're not sure of or something you've seen and you're not 100% sure of, send us the email. We would love to, uh, to, to address it and uh, get back to you. So uh, hello at the Bible Study Club. And if you haven't done so, like us on Facebook and Twitter and not, and Instagram, not Twitter, Instagram, I'm sorry, Facebook and Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, did I miss any? All right, we got them all. That's right. Uh, and thank you again, folks.